Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. And welcome to worship on this third Sunday in the season of Advent. Ooh, you can just feel the anticipation, can't you? <laughs> this is a great opportunity to be together and it is indeed a joy. Let's welcome those who are worshiping with us online this morning as well. <clears throat> Good morning. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed to serve this church and this. Uh, my name is Kathy Mathis, and I am the lay liturgist for today. And we are, again, very happy to have you all with us as well. <clears throat> if you would now um, fill out the Connect card. I remembered this <laughs> Sunday. Uh, it's, it's a QR code in the bulletin, and there are probably a few of them, at least, paper versions in the pews. And especially important is if you have a prayer request, uh, that's a good way to let me know uh, what to hold in prayer this week. And now if you would stand as you are able for the call to worship. <clears throat> A time set apart. A time to gather together. A space filled with silence. A space filled with song. Hearts seeking solace. Hearts overflowing with joy. This is the day which God has made. This is the wonder-filled life God has given us. Let us worship in this time and space. Let us live in God's love and grace. So be it. Amen. And now living together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to begin our worship with the reconciliation of hearts and minds with God and with one another through the passing of peace. You may offer signs of peace in whatever ways are comfortable for you and your partner. <clears throat> the peace of Christ be with you all.
uncontainable, irrepressible, bubbling up in an explosion of energy, what the weary long for, what children often embody, what makes the divine smile, joy. It cannot be paid for. It is a priceless treasure. As we hope for your arrival, as we pray for peace in your living, as we wait and watch and wonder how you might reveal yourself to us, God, God, give us your joy in Advent. Joy is not a commodity that can be bought or sold, but lives deep in the human heart. Help us to hear that truth and believe it. Let go of what our consumer culture says will bring us happiness. Money, success, a scramble to the top that leaves us flat. If we have robbed others of what they need in our clamor and quest for more than our share, Forgive us. Help us hear the call of John the Baptist to turn around and begin again. God of love, we were made in joy. May we live that way. Light a candle for joy. May it light the way.
Good morning, children, come on up. Youth, you can come up as well. Go ahead and sit. Good morning. All right, I have a lot of pictures for you all, and I'm wondering if you can tell me what the theme is among the pictures, okay? There's a sun, yeah. Stars, very good. A flashlight. Lightning. A campfire, what is... A theme you see, ooh. Element. Elements, very fancy theme. Light. Light. What were you going to say, Langley? You were going to say light too? Yes, there is a theme among all of these, which is light. So tell me a little bit about what light does for us. When you think about light, what is something that it does for us? It lets us see. It helps us see in the darkness, huh? Um, if there was no light, you couldn't see. Exactly. If there was no light, we wouldn't be able to see. Any other thoughts about what heat does for us? It makes us not run into cars. Oh, it helps us not run into cars. Yes. That is very much the truth. What about a campfire? What does a campfire do for us? Like on a cold, cold night? It keeps us warm. It can keep us warm. Yeah. Um, um, it, it helps you get warmer. It helps you get warmer. Yes, it does. So light can do all sorts of things for us, like the stars and the sun and the moon. They help us see in the darkness, huh? And then there's different kinds of light that helps us warm our bodies. So light can help us feel safe, make us comfortable, help us see the way can help us feel more hopeful. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about seeing the light because John the Baptist in the scripture today says, I came to testify to the light. I am not the light, but I came to testify to it. So all of us as believers can help each other remember the light when we forget. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Exactly as I am, and awakening me to your light. Amen. Okay, we're going to go to the chapel.
I'd like to give a few words of introduction to the scripture. Today, as I mentioned, is the third Sunday in the season of Advent. This Sunday is traditionally known as Gaudete or Joy Sunday. And the gospel text for today is Mary's Song of Praise, also known as the Magnificat. From her words, my soul magnifies the Lord. Now this song contains shockingly radical words, and it puts a very different spin on the usual perception of Mary, meek and mild. It's no coincidence that the author of Luke chooses to begin his gospel with this radical message of liberation and justice. Too often the Christmas story has a sense of saccharine sentimentality, and it misses the radical notion that God is not found as the royal child of a queen, but rather as the son of an unmarried peasant. It is stunning that Mary, an unwed mother in a religiously conservative small town, finds the courage to sing praises to God for her circumstances. And this song is an overture to the whole of the Gospel of Luke. It sets the tone for what Luke thinks is most important about Jesus' ministry, that is, justice extended to the people and the places on the margins. As you listen to the scripture this morning, I invite you to consider what it says to you of the power of Christianity today. Let's listen now as Allison reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. (laughs) My name is Allison Howard. This morning's scripture reading is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 47 through 55 in the Common English Bible version. Please rise in whatever ways are meaningful for you for the reading of the scripture. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled down powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation.
please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ, who calls us together this day. In Nome, Alaska, teachers receive the same professional journals and publications as teachers in other states. One year, there was a fourth grade teacher who was a newcomer to Nome. She had just received her latest curriculum resource and was discussing with the class the suggestions for a Christmas production. Now the instruction manual read this way. For the children playing Santa's reindeer, there should be brown outfits and passable reindeer horns can be made of bare branches trimmed into the proper shapes and painted. Well, the teacher looked out at the barren, treeless, snow-covered tundra and sighed deeply. Well, children, she said, I guess we'll have to do something else. We can't make horns of branches because there isn't a tree for miles. The children were very disappointed until one little boy spoke up. Well, we haven't any trees, teacher, he said, but we do have a lot of reindeer horns. <laughs> he said, well, they do. Today is the third Sunday in the season of Advent as we continue to wait and prepare, anticipate, and hope for the coming of God's reign. It's good for us to take a moment to look around and recognize what it is we do have. A few years ago, I've told some of you this story, hopefully not all of you. A few years ago, on this very Sunday, my daughter Kate called me in the afternoon with a story out of South Central Texas. You see, she had gone to church that morning, and when the pastor was introducing the lighting of the Advent wreath, he said something like this. You may be wondering, why the candle that we light today is pink. Well, it's pink because pink is the color for ladies. And since Mary was a lady, we honor her with the pink candle. Well, Kate said to me, I worried I wouldn't be able to get out of the pew fast enough before I started projectile vomiting. <laughs> being the good feminist that she is, and also understanding that explanations need to come with a little theology as well. And of course, the real reason for the pink candle today is because today is all about joy. Now, we know what joy feels like. And we know we are supposed to be filled with joy during this season. So why is it that we so often feel more like George Bailey, the protagonist in the classic Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life? The movie tells us that George lives his life with integrity and purpose, even though 
time and again, his personal plans have to be put on hold. George faces his demons of disappointment and fear one Christmas Eve when his business is in peril and it looks like he is headed to prison. Rather than feeling the joy of incarnation, George tries to end his own life, but he is saved by an angel at the last minute. Drying out from the plunge into the river, George is inconsolable. Self would make everyone feel happier, eh? Oh, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it would have been better if I'd never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. You... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's an idea. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. You've got your wish. You've never been bored. Dustin Kensrew suggests that Christmas joy may not come easily to any of us. Christmas is an old story. We all know it very well. And it's said that familiarity breeds contempt, which is often true. But if not contempt, familiarity at least breeds apathy. And where there is apathy, there is no joy. The cure for this sickness, though, is not in doing and striving, but in seeing, in wonder. Because deep joy and deep wonder are intimately connected. When George Bailey stands on the bridge preparing for suicide and then later decides it would have been better if he had never been born at all, he has lost his sense of wonder. And George is not the only one prone to such a loss. All of us periodically lose our wonder at the world around us. If we cannot see beyond our preconceived notions and expectations of life, we cannot recognize the beauty and the abundance surrounding us. If we decide we can't create reindeer horns when we have no trees, we will totally forget that we are living in the heart of reindeer country. It's all so familiar. We stop wondering about hearts that beat all on their own, or hands that effortlessly do our bidding, or the beauty we touch every day. We lose the wonder that William Blake nudges us toward when he writes, to see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wildflower. It is a wonderful life. And when we recapture that wonder, we rediscover joy. For joy goes beyond happiness. It is a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. Barbara Brown Taylor suggests that the only condition for joy is the presence of God. 
Joy happens when God is present and people know it, which means that joy can erupt in a, in a depressed economy. Joy can happen in the middle of a war, in an intensive care waiting room. Joy happens when we recapture a wonderful life, recognizing God's presence in every possibility we encounter and in every circumstance we face. Now Mary's story is the story of God's presence, even in the most difficult of circumstances. As the story goes, Mary is a poor, unmarried teenage girl living in an occupied territory and asked to play a central role in God's story. Faced with the angel and his outrageous invitation, Mary does not point out all the reasons she cannot do what she is asked. Instead, she sings what we know as the Magnificat a song of praise. This has been called the most revolutionary document in the world, as it inspires people on the margins to believe that God can actually bring liberation to them. In fact, the Magnificat is considered so revolutionary, it is deemed to be dangerous. During the British rule of India, the Magnificat was prohibited from being sung in church. In the 1980s, Guatemala's government found Mary's words about God's preferential love for the poor so dangerous that they disallowed any public recitation of them. And when Argentinian mothers, whose children had disappeared during a political protest, placed the Magnificat on posters in Buenos Aires, Mary's song was quickly outlawed. Perhaps the reason her song is so threatening is that the promises of God she names to scatter the proud, to bring down the powerful, to lift up the lowly, to fill the hungry and send the rich away empty. All these promises are listed in the past tense as if they are already present, as if they have already been fulfilled. Mary enters into God's preferred future and recaptures for us a wonder-filled life. In the Magnificat, Mary reclaims that intimate connection between wonder and joy. It is a wonderful life. And sometimes, like George Bailey, and indeed the whole town of Bedford Falls, we just need to be reminded. Mr. Bank examiner? Hi. Mr. Bailey, there's a deputy. I know, $8,000. George, I've got a little paper. I'll bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Reporters, are, where's Mary? Mary, oh, look at this wonderful old drafty house. Mary! 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 
you seen my wife? Mary Daddy! 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 Kids! Hey! I could eat you up. Where's your mother? We're looking for you. Dr. She... Billy. Daddy! Zozo, Zozo, my little ginger snap. How do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Hello. George. George, darling. Where are you? George, darling. Where are you? Oh, George. Oh, George. 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 Are you real? <laughs> out that the richest man in town is not the one who sees what has been lost. It is the one who sees what he has been given. For when it is a wonderful life, it is a joyful one as well. Thanks be to God. Amen.
As we come to a time of prayer this morning, I would invite you to take a look at the prayer requests listed in the bulletin. We'll take a few moments in silence to give you the opportunity to lift up these people and these circumstances, as well as those closest to your own hearts this day. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we thank you for life and love and for the gift of your Christ and even for this day. <clears throat> o coming apart God, you give us your servant Mary, the mother of Jesus, and you give her a voice to sing, a song to pray, and how she does pray. She prays like the coming Christ has churned a new kingdom into existence. Birthing God, she prays like the right side up we assume must be is exactly upside down from the way God intended and will make it. Dismantling God, she prays that those who are first will be last and those who are last will finally come first. New life, God, she prays for the powerful to be pulled down and the oppressed lifted up. She prays like the prideful will be scattered while the humble will be exalted. Teach us to pray like Mary. Teach us to live like Christ, who comes to us as a baby wrapped in vulnerable love and yet turns out to be as powerful as all creation. Teach us to pray. Teach us to live in the wonder of your love, O oh God, even as we pray together as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. I now, in, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I now, oh, <clears throat> I now invite us into a time of giving. The offering plate will be passed in the sanctuary, and I encourage you to be generous as God has been generous to us. If you are worshiping online, you may give <clears throat> in two ways. You can go to our website at edmundsumc.org give. You may also give by regular mail and send checks to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. And many thanks.
gracious God, accept these generous offerings given with love. Guide us to use these gifts to care for those in need. Please bless all our ministries and those who are dedicated to live God's love, justice, and compassion. Amen. Well, please get comfortable. We have a number of announcements this morning. And then, following the regular announcements, we're going to do a brief report back on the priority team's goals, which we promised you on December 17th. So, to begin with, pageant rehearsal for the Christmas Eve children's pageant after worship here in the sanctuary. Um, also after worship today, um, there's a Palestine update in the chapel going on. And also today, if you haven't noticed it already, out on the welcome table, there's an opportunity to sign up for a class that will take place in January on environmental eating. Also today, at three o'clock, come on back. We'll start in the sanctuary with a carol sing and the opportunity for all of you who've been grumbling about not singing Christmas carols during Advent to sing them all. And then we'll have uh, refreshments and we're hoping that you'll bring a, a food item, can or two of food for the food bank. So this will be a little bit of an opportunity for us to support the food bank as well. And following the refreshments and the, the jolly time, there's even going to be some games. You don't want to miss it. Um, also, uh, this week on Thursday, it is the longest night of the year, and we will have a worship service here um, at uh, 6 o'clock. And so particularly for those who find the Christmas holiday maybe a little bit less than jolly, or if you just want to come and have a moment of silence and, and quiet and beautiful contemplative opportunity, this Thursday is your day. Now, next Sunday, what is next Sunday? It is Christmas Eve in the evening, but in the morning, it is Advent 4. <laughs> so, you'll want to be here for worship at 10 o'clock, Sunday morning, as usual, and then at 5 o'clock for the pageant, at 7 o'clock, and at 9 o'clock for lessons and carols. So it's going to be a full and beautiful day, and I hope that you will make it with us. Now, I promised you some updates, and I have the, the script here because I am going to just briefly read along on the slides to let you know. Um, these are the, um, well, let me back up. Those of you that uh, have not been here for a while, or maybe this is your first Sunday with us, we've been engaged in a process of setting some strategic priorities for our work in the next five years. And that culminated on November 11th with a retreat that many of you, um, almost 80 people I think, attended. And uh, we did identify uh, six priorities. And then teams were formed to look at what that might mean. And, and they have come back with some initial goals. Now remember, this is a five-year process, 
and it's, we're gonna take it step by step, but we did want to report back so that you all know the work that is happening. And these goals will be um, uh, posted hopefully on the website. Oh, Diana, God bless you, uh, later this week. <laughs> so we're gonna run through the slides. We know you're not gonna be able to read every single word, so go to the website when you wanna study them. And the teams will be reporting to the administrative board monthly, so we'll be getting some idea of progress as we go. Okay, here we go, first slide. Strategic planning, priority team goals. Next slide, please. Okay, this one is the priority number one, children and family ministries. And some of their goals are to have at least 10 adults willing to volunteer with youth ministry throughout 2024 by the end of January. They want to establish two small groups specific to families by the end of January. One focused on parenting from a progressive faith perspective and another informal group that meets outside the church for community building. They want to host a community outreach event in the spring of 24 to connect families, children, and youth in the surrounding areas. Priority number two, next slide please, social justice work. Uh, they are, they're hoping to provide leadership in racial, gender, environmental, immigration rights, and cultural competency, and advocate for the marginalized in our community and society. Next slide, still social justice. They want to strengthen the Advocates for Justice team by incorporating them into the leadership structure. Next slide, please. They want to study the use of our surplus land out here to benefit our social justice goals. And they're looking, they're wondering about um, possibly affordable housing or maybe something else, but just to take a look at that land. Next slide, please. This is priority number three, welcome, inclusion, and diversity. They're hoping to create a framework for congregational transformation by creating a diversity, equity, and inclusion team by the end of January next month with a minimum of five individuals. Next slide, please. They also want to enhance and expand welcoming practices for new congregants. Reestablishing a welcoming committee by the end of February and, um, and then they want to expand opportunities beyond Sunday mornings for meaningful community building and community projects. And a new team will be developed by the end of February to work on that. Next slide, please. Priority number four, stable leadership and governance. Now I gotta say, this team, they're the lucky ones because they came up with an acronym. This is the SLAG team. Uh, <laughs> in any event, they want to fully implement the transparent, simplified leadership structure that was approved in 2021. And they have some dates here. Uh, by March 31st, they want to hold an initial meeting with a professional coach regarding how best to train the administrative board on this structure. Next slide, please. They also want to develop leadership training for current board members and implement it no later than June of 2024 and to renew and uh, review and, and amend the current bylaws for the board so that it makes sense with what we are trying to do. Next slide, please. 
They want to establish a lay leadership development model, uh, a recruitment strategy that includes identifying and providing tools for the discernment of leadership candidates. And they hope to have this completed by the end of September of next year so that they can identify a minimum of one to three folks who might be interested in pursuing lay leadership pathway, not only in the local church, but at the district and the conference level. Next slide. They want to identify staff training needs and work to provide future stable pastoral leadership. Um, and they, they're gonna utilize our Archbright personnel HR training and other resources and update the uh, Bishop's Mile uh, pro, um, form to reflect our needs and preferences in a future EUMC pastor. Next slide, please. This is the priority number five, community service and outreach. And their strategic goal is to assist in efforts to provide housing for those with housing insecurity. They're gonna work with nonprofit agencies to understand how the church might support a home build in the area, either on our site or off our site. Um, next slide, please. They also want to increase the existing role of the church in providing food for those with food insecurity. Identifying community partners that may have an interest in and resources for a community garden or greenhouse and hope to present initial concept to the church by March or April of 2024. Next slide, same priority group. They also want to support local schools via a tutoring program or other actions. And you know that this is something that has happened here in the past, the tutoring program. By March 2024, they hope to determine if there is sufficient interest and commitment to proceed um, with this work with the target of September 2024 as the start date. Next slide. Also, Community Service and Outreach hopes to educate the church congregation on poverty and housing needs within the local community by bringing in guest speakers on an ad hoc basis. Next slide, priority number six is music. And the music priority team decided to focus initially on two goals that intersect with other priorities, which are welcome, inclusion and diversity, and robust family, children, and youth programming. Next slide, please. So for diversity in music, they would like to invite music or performing arts groups from other faith traditions, ethnicities, and cultures to participate in worship on Sunday and to send a similar group to participate in worship ministry activities at that church or organization. They hope to start with two such groups in 2024 and within five years to include four, four groups a year. Next slide. Again, from music, children and youth in music. They would like to create at least one new music opportunity for children and youth in 2024. Could be a choral group or an instrumental group. They could perform almost any genre of music, either in worship or in Sunday school or youth group. And the uh, music priority team will meet in January with stakeholders in this area 
um, to assess interest and talk about possibilities. They may propose a part-time staff position, perhaps five hours a week, to initiate and grow this program with the hope that the debut of this program could be in the fall of 2024. And the next slide is blank. <laughs> so we did it. Um, I am so impressed with the amount of work that these teams have already done. And I look forward to encouraging continued work. If you saw something on the screen or if you go to the website and you study it and you say, wow, that's exciting, I would like to get involved. It's pretty easy. Just give me a call or send me an email and I can hook you up with the right people. So thank you, one and all, for that excellent work. And now let us stand for the closing benediction this morning I'd like to offer you an abbreviated version of Daniel Berrigan's Advent Credo who writes it is not true that creation and the human family are doomed to destruction and loss this is true for God so loved the world that God gave us Jesus that we may not perish but have eternal life it is not true that we must accept inhumanity and discrimination, hunger and poverty, death and destruction. This is true. Jesus came that we may have life abundant. It is not true that violence and hatred will have the last word and that war and destruction will rule forever. This is true. 
Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. It is not true that we have to wait for those specially gifted before we can be peacemakers. This is true. God will pour out God's spirit on all flesh. The young shall see visions and the old shall have dreams. It is not true that our hope for liberation, for justice, for peace are not meant for this earth and this time. This is true. The hour comes and it is now that true worshipers shall worship God in spirit and in truth. So be it, my friends. Amen. <laughs>